Good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the um, new episode of the 476ers podcast. We're going to talk about yesterday's game plus some Ben Simmons stuff, so stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. Justice for the blind, just something that'll find in the rhyme that are coming from my mind. You good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, we're going to talk about some Sixer stuff, obviously. Uh, there's going to be uh, more content now that the season started, but also because I want to do more content on other things, but we'll leave that for now. I keep giving promises and I keep breaking those promises. kind of my, my thing. I'm a bit of a procrastinator. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a procrastinator for those who don't know. Um, I don't think anyone doesn't know that. If you listen to this podcast, you know me for being a procrastinator. With that said, I did put out a new album back in September. I did not procrastinate on that. So I do believe everyone should be checking that. It actually wasn't in, in September. It was actually beginning of October, but I put out a single in September. Um, so you guys should check that out. You know what I mean? Nope, not Brian. That's the name the the of me, the artist. And then the album is called Unintended Consequences 2. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Also, uh, shout out to Izzy Blueprint Barber Lounge, who gave me the fly haircut. He did something with my beard yesterday that I've never seen. It somehow he somehow shaped my beard up in a way where I lost weight, uh, and I don't really know how how that worked. You know, somehow burned calories off my face. You know, my face is slimmed. I don't really know how that works. Honestly, it's not really logical, but logical to me because it happened. So shout out to Blueprint Barber Lounge. With that said, let's jump into Sixer stuff. Um, obviously yesterday. We beat the shit out of the, the Pelicans. We didn't really beat the shit out of them until the second half, necessarily. Um, it was a good game. It was frustrating because I was arguing with Verizon pretty much for most of the two hours. But uh, shout out to the homie TJ, who's also, uh, you know, one of the head guys over at uh, CJ Wendler. If you need that heating and cooling work, uh, he got you, especially it's about to get cold out here. As you know, in Philadelphia, it's, it's a cold winter. Y'all better bundle up, right? Well, you're going to want to hit him up for that heat. Uh, he actually posted something on, on Instagram yesterday. It said, check your heat. So, you know, it just seems like a good idea to check your heating stuff, the conditions of your heating supplies. Anyway, this is not an advertising podcast, and I get no benefit for this. So I just wanted to give a shout out to them. He gave me his password, uh, which is why I want to give him a shout out so I could watch the game while I was arguing with Verizon. Um, and it was, uh, you know, interesting. Our, our starters didn't play particularly great. Um, they played okay. Uh, obviously not a high efficiency game for either Joe or Toby. I mean, for Toby, it's, it's this is just his game. You know what I mean? It's eight for 16 is about right. He didn't make a three-pointer, which is, it just, it's just, you know, it just, the more time he spends here in Philadelphia, the less time he shoots threes now. You know what I mean? We got him here because when he was with the Clippers, he was a 40% three-point shooter. Then he got here and just said, fuck three-pointers. I don't even want to shoot those anymore. Um, but it's fine because, honestly, without Ben here, there's more space for him to get baskets in the post and get to the rim. Same thing with Joe and surrounding guys with surrounding the floor with shooters. You may have noticed that there was just a little bit more space. Now, they were still going to double-team Joe, every chance he got, every time he got, he got the ball. Um, and, the, the you know, it's just going to happen. Joe had uh, five assists yesterday. How many turnovers did he have? He only had one turnover, right? Yeah, he he uh, he he definitely was better, more decisive with the ball, better passing, um, willing to give up the ball a little bit. You know, I, I think that was really a big thing last year was lack of willingness. You know what I mean? It's not that he didn't want to get his teammates involved. That It wasn't that lack of willingness. It was lack of willingness to concede, like a pride thing, an ego thing, willing, not willing to concede to the double team, still wanting to be able to score because he can score. 
But in this in the NBA, where guys are super fast, super athletic, double teams are just going to come fast and aggressively, and it's just going to be hard uh, to attack those. It's just the easier route to pass it out. Sure, you could score on a double team a lot of times. You're going to end up with a lot of free throws. You're also going to end up with a lot of turnovers. It would be more beneficial for you to just involve your teammates. Um, Danny didn't score. He only played 18 minutes. I On defense, he didn't look right, honestly. He just didn't look right. Danny looks like... Yesterday, he looked like he didn't stretch. I'm going to be honest with you. At his age, he should know better, but he looked like he didn't stretch. He just he, he was just walking around kind of like a raven or some sort of crow, you know what I mean, with his body just hunched over, his arms not really working, and he's just kind of, you know, waddling a bit, you know what I mean, claws in the ground, just waddling a little bit. He just didn't look right. Get, he got baked a little bit. Uh, no big deal, Danny. Don't worry about it. We're not worried about that right now. We're worried about you. Six months from now, um, Seth, I thought played well. I thought he was really giving a lot of effort on defense yesterday. I mean, it's the beginning of the season. A lot of guys are going to give a lot of effort on defense. If you watch the Lakers game, you saw uh, uh, Carmelo playing some of the best defense of his life. You know what I mean? Even though they lost, but you just guys are going to give effort. It's early in the season. Um, I thought Tyrese played well. Listen, Tyrese isn't is not a natural playmaker you know what I mean so it's going to take him some time he still finished with five assists but it's going to take him some time still you know what I mean he just isn't there yet you know what I mean he doesn't have like Ben's knack necessarily for making plays and I'm going to talk about Ben in a little bit but I'm not going to shit on him right now I may not even shit on him it may surprise you but the point being Tyrese may just doesn't have the knack yet for being a point guard. Uh, does he have the ability to get there? Maybe he's a talented kid. The thing is, is that he's going to have to become a point guard. I'll be honest with you, because if he doesn't become a point guard, if he doesn't gain that, right, if he doesn't gain that skill set right now, all he kind of is, is like an inefficient uh, tweener guard. And it's not, I, yesterday was not an inefficient, inefficient game. I mean, he did should take 14 shots, but inefficient in that Tyrese is still in the place where he starts with the ball and finishes the play. You know what I mean? He still has that part of him going a bit. So slowing that down a little bit and becoming a point guard is going to help him. Otherwise you're just a combo guard, right? You're just a combo guard. There's a million of those. And if you're a combo guard, that's undersized and it isn't Dame, isn't Steph and Steph really isn't undersized anyway but if you aren't Dame if you aren't Steph if you aren't I, I I could take Kemba in his prime but I don't even think that's a good example um if you aren't one of those combo guards you're gonna you know you're you're gonna suffer like you need to be one of those high guys this is like why D'Angelo Russell to me is always like kind of on that cusp is he really just a bench guy because he's a combo guard essentially he has great vision mind you and he is a point guard but he's also kind of a score first guard um, he has good size, but if you're not uber efficient, then what are you exactly? You know what I mean? So you need to be a, 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 a point guard. Uh, hopefully Max, he can get there. I think, I think it's possible. Listen, I don't, I don't think it's impossible that he could become a good point guard. I just, you know, it's going to take him some time. Um, our bench really was the story. You know what I mean? Our bench last night was the story. Andre finished with 17 rebounds. Let, let me tell you something, Andre. I mean, there is nothing. There is no, nothing more maddening than watching Andre Drummond play basketball. Honestly, it's one of the most maddening things. He is the just the worst post player to make the amount of money he's made in his career. He may not, maybe not the worst. I mean, Rudy Gobert isn't really a good post player either. Um, but, but I mean, I don't even Rudy does think he, he, he deserves to get touches in the post. Listen, there are guys like you got to understand, guys. Like, where is the self awareness with some of you guys? Some of you don't deserve post touches. 
that just is what it is. Joel deserves post touches. Uh, Joker deserves post touches. Vooch deserves post touches. Uh, that might be it. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I guess AD, if you want to include him, uh, he deserves post touches. That is pretty much it. You know, none, no one else. Oh, Sabonis deserves post touches. None of you other fuck faces. Alperin Shangun from the, the, the Rockets will probably deserve post touches. If he doesn't deserve post touches, he has nothing else to offer. Um, there are guys who deserve post touches. There are guys who don't. You know what I mean, Andre? You do not. Don't you ever demand the basketball. I mean, you see it on the team, the face of the team. It happened in preseason. It happened yesterday, too, where it's like, oh, okay, Andre wants the ball in the post. All right, here you go. Get Everyone, get ready. Get back on defense. Get back on defense. He's either going to miss this and grab the offensive rebound and miss it again or make it, but get ready for defense because he's not coming out. Um, but he grabbed a ton of rebounds. I'll give him credit for that. A ton of rebounds. He is really a super sub. I mean, that's what he is. He's not good enough to be a starter. If he's your starter, then he needs to be your worst starter. You know what I mean? Essentially, he could be a starter on a championship team as long as he's the worst starter on the floor. Um, and yeah, you know, but he got a, a ton of things, two blocks, two steals, three assists. He had a great, great pass to, to Matisse at the end of the second quarter. Great cut by Matisse. Um, but really, I mean, a no look, he almost touch pass uh, to Matisse. It was a great pass. Good job, Andre. Um, the minivan, Niang, I, I look forward to assigning you minivan awards every every year. I'm going to start the first minivan I gave him. Uh, actually, I'm not I'm going to save that minivan. There's one minivan I'm going to save for him for today. What minivan am I going to give him? Uh, there are a ton of famous minivans. I can't think of any of them right now. The only one I can think of is Good Kid, Mad City. I'm not going to give him that minivan yet, uh, but he deserves a lot of credit. Played great. Uh, I mean, the shooting has been automatic all preseason. It was automatic yesterday. Very little time. Quick release. Um, I mean, he's the best shooter. He he could easily be the best or second best shooter. Um, not the third best shooter that's played with Joe, you know, between JJ Reddick and Seth, essentially now it's going to be Niang. Uh, you could argue, you know, uh, this dude, the Turkish, uh, villain, Ersan Ilyasova, you know, he's up there. Uh, Bellinelli had some good moments too, but Niang, I think could be up there. Niang's younger. I think that the intention is for him to be here longer term, right? So, uh, he played great. Furkan played great. Furkan is not going to shoot that well, I have to imagine. The thing that I did like about Furkan, and when we first drafted Furkan, I said this, I said this four years ago, maybe, that Furkan was, maybe it was three years ago, that Furkan was essentially, and this was back when Dario was still kind of unknown, a little bit unproven, but the tape on Dario was that he was this playmaking uh, point forward kind of player who could do, who could ball handle, he can shoot can kind of finish around the rim, but is also a great passer and has great vision. Now it's never played out that way for him in the end and the NBA. And when I saw Furkan, I was out for a is pretty much just the guard version of Dario. Um, and, you know, furkan has been a little bit more, he's been a more, a far more consistent shooter than Dario ever was, especially here. Um, but, you know, the playmaking yesterday was fantastic. You know, great passing. Uh, he did take, uh, uh, I mean, he green lit. Uh, there was a couple green lights there. You know what I mean? There was one on the fast break where kind of, he wasn't double teamed, but there was two guys kind of waiting for him. And he had somebody wide. I think it was Niang on the right side of the court wide open and someone under the basket, although someone was there. And he just pulled that shit. I mean, he just green lit that motherfucker and it was go. Green means go. And he shot it. He hit it. But, you know, Furkan, relax. You know what I mean? I appreciate you green lighting that, though, after you had made others. So it was a heat check green light, which is a good green light, right? The, the not good green light is when you just walk in the game 
and green light some shit and you haven't checked your temperature yet. You know what I mean? If you haven't checked your temperature, you need to chill for a second. Uh, also, four for four from the free throw line. Good job for a can, because as we know, last year, he was great for missing one free throw every single time he went to the line. Um, you know, it, it, it was it was a solid game. You know what I mean? Listen, the, the, this Pelicans team is awful. You know what I mean? They're awful. Their their second leading scorer yesterday was Nikhil Alexander-Walker. There's a reason why his initials are NAW, and it's because it's no, no, he is not that good. You know what I mean? No, he should not be allowed to score 23 points. Um, But, you know, again, Danny was getting baked. And Seth is, you know, he was trying on defense. That's not, you know, it's whatever. Devontae was had 18 points. I mean, they they made a big run at the end of the second quarter. Uh, and then in the second half, you know, Joe kind of started trading baskets back and forth to Brandon Ingram. And all of a sudden, before you knew it, uh, the bench, you know, we we gave the, the starters gave us maybe a six, seven point lead, and then the bench completely just took off. Uh, Brandon Ingram, I thought Brandon Ingram actually played really well. He just, you know, get, you know, you're you're gonna be guarded by Matisse as much as he was and Brandon scored on him a few times with a couple really really nice moves where Matisse reached a little bit Matisse did a little too much reaching a little bit too much ball watching yesterday I know that Matisse is a ball hawk he finished with four steals um but you can't be ball watching so much with someone like Brandon Ingram you know what I mean if you're guarding Brandon Ingram you can't there was one play in particular that I'm thinking of where uh, somebody was in the post. I want to say maybe it was Valence Unis was in the post. And Matisse is kind of ball watching. Brandon kind of fades to the right. And Jonas throws a good pass to Brandon Ingram. Matisse tries to intercept it. He doesn't realize he's completely out of position, that the pass is not going anywhere near him. You know what I mean? By the time he turns around, Brandon Ingram has a wide open three-pointer. He drains. It's actually the only three-pointer he made. Uh, Finished with six assists, which is solid. Listen, Brandon Ingram... You know, for a long time, people have been talking about, well, what is Ingram? You know what I mean? What is Ingram? He's kind of a playmaking forward who can score. Uh, His efficiency isn't high enough, which is kind of part of the issue. Now, he hasn't played with a ton of great teams. You know what I mean? And Zion and Brandon kind of become a little bit redundant. uh, So it's not necessarily the best fit. The best fit for Brandon is to to be able to have the ball in his hands a little bit more. You know what I mean? Brandon would be probably a solid fit here, honestly, if there was a world where we could trade Ben for Brandon. Honestly, if I, you know, what I would do if I was the, the Pelicans and I told somebody this the other day, if I was the Pelicans, I would have, I would trade Zion. You know what I mean? I'm going to be just straight up right here for a multitude of reasons. Reason number one is I've never seen a player play less games, but have more rumors about how he's unhappy playing for a team. You know what I mean? I've never seen that happen that way. My man has played 22 games in his life for the New Orleans Pelicans. It's probably more than that, but, you know, 22 games in his life. Half of those games, he's been overweight. The rest of the games, he's been injured. And he wants to – already there are rumors of him wanting to play for the Knicks. This is a new – the new era right now is to take your max contract, hold out a la Ben, although Ben is a little bit different uh, than what Paul George kind of did and what, like, uh, what, what Carmelo did back in the day, one of the – probably the first player who actually did this uh, when he did this to the Nuggets to take a max contract and then kind of force your way out a year into the deal. That looks like what Zion's about to do. So I, if I'm the Pelicans, I don't do that. You know what I mean? The problem here is that you kind of, the real big problem is that because of Zion's rookie contract, what you can trade him for is limited. You know what I mean? You almost need to do a sign and trade where you give him the max and trade him to somebody. 
You know what I mean? And if I traded him, I would happily trade Brandon Ingram. I would hit a reset button on this entire experiment, maybe trade Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram to us for Ben and picks and kind of restart. Ben wants a place to fail. Go to New Orleans. They fail all the time and no one cares. Go there. And then you give us Brandon Ingram. Um, and I think everyone maybe is happy with that. You trade Zion for something because Zion doesn't want to fucking stick around. No problem here. Go Zion. You want to go to the Knicks? Go to the Knicks. I, I don't even. The Knicks have committed to Julius Randle. So I don't really know why they would take Zion. Also, right as of right now, Zion hasn't shown me anything that says he's going to be more consistent or better than Julius Randle is right now. You know what I mean? If I'm being real, his defense, the, the, the defense Zion plays doesn't tell me he's going to fit with Thibs. Listen, I'm out on Zion right now. I'm going to be real with you. I'm out on him. I'm not out permanently, but right now I'm out on him because my man has been injured all man. There's a very fine lady walking, walking by. Good for her. Good for her. I'm sorry. Did not mean to get so distracted. Back to Zion, another overweight person. Um, You've had knee injuries. Now he has a foot injury, which apparently, according to a bunch of rumors, the Pelicans didn't even fucking know about. They did not know he got surgery until, until, what is this? I'm sorry. They did not know he got surgery until he told the world during the preseason press conference that he had surgery on his foot. And that was kind of like around the time the Pelicans found out that even happened. Um, And he's big. He's overweight. You know what I mean? Far be it for me to ever be fat phobic. I'm not even going to do that. But as somebody who's bigger, who knows what it's like, I hurt my hip. I hurt my back back in August, which somehow turned into a bunch of hip pain as well. And I haven't played basketball in two months because of it. You know what I mean? Because I've essentially been stretching and working out here and trying to rest and giving it time to heal. Because when you're bigger, if you hurt your bottom half of your body in any way, or if you hurt your back, that shit is going to take a lot longer to heal than it's going to take somebody else who's a lot lighter. Zion has gained weight. You know what I mean? So you have a foot injury and you're heavier right now. It would behoove him to be losing weight. But I don't know. You know, do you want to deal with this? I don't think I want to deal with it. What has he actually shown? Yeah, he's shown a, he's shown some really incredible flashes. You know what I mean? A lot of guys have shown a lot of incredible flashes. That doesn't mean that they're going to last forever. You know what I mean? So I would consider trading him and kind of hitting a reset on this experiment. If he doesn't even want to be there, it then get in front of it and say, fuck it, go then. Just be gone. Um, and yeah. You know what I mean? Who's who's our next game? I don't even remember who our next game is. Um, let me take a look at this real quick before before I, I just want to get this out of the way before I give my spiel on. Oh, the next game is Friday. I'm sorry, it's Friday against Brooklyn. Against Brooklyn, Brooklyn struggled against the Bucks. Ah, listen, I'm not worried about Brooklyn. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people are kind of like without Kyrie, they they can't win. I don't completely believe that. You know what I mean? If they had had if they had had a healthy James Harden last year in the playoffs, remember they pushed the champions to seven. You know what I mean? So if they had a healthy James Harden, there's a really good chance they could have won that series. Um, with that said, though, obviously Giannis is taking a step. You know, and there's a bunch of documented examples of a player who goes to the finals, wins a championship, and takes the step where he becomes the guy. Like it's where he shows up now in a way that no one's ever seen. And like, I blew him at the end of the finals, going 17 for 17 from the free throw line. That shit, I mean, that's an exorcism of sorts. You know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. Um, they looked really, really good. They looked really, really, they, they the Bucks looked really comfortable. You know what I mean? That's what I'm going to say. They looked really comfortable. Now, a lot of that, a lot of what happened, you could also chalk up to kind of the, the hype of 
ring night, the ring ceremony, everyone is hyped. There's a ton of energy in the building. Everyone is shooting lights out. Uh, you kind of run the nets off the floor. I don't know that that's going to be the case, you know, going forward. Um, so, you know, whatever. Uh, what was the point of this? What was the point of this? Yeah, we play the nets. I'm sorry. We play the nets on Friday. So we'll see what happens. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens. Joe looked a little banged up. You know, that's the problem. You know, and I go back. This will take me. This is that takes me back. You know, this idea that Ben doesn't have any leverage. I'm telling you, man, like I, I to the point where I met, I texted somebody. I texted the homie TJ yesterday. I was like, yo, am I fucking crazy right here? Like, am I crazy to say this? Because everyone, even to, to the Bill Simmons podcast I was listening to, everyone. I mean, Ben picked the wrong fight here. Ben picked the wrong fight. Did he, though? Why do you think that? Why do you think that? Because he can't make money. See, here's the thing. There's a thing here, and this will be great for my one day when I do like my own, when I do my mental health podcast and talk about more philosophical things, where we talk about this idea that the same thing with Kyrie, right? It's the wrong, everyone's taking the wrong angles here. Howard Stern, which I don't even know why he would ever comment on why, because he's from New York, goes off on Kyrie. I mean, this kid is, I, he called, I think he might've called him dumb too. I don't know. You know, Stephen A. Smith yesterday said Kyrie was touched. You know what I mean? Which is a, a way of essentially saying he's insane. Um, you're saying these things in all of your all. You're saying these things with the backdrop of money, with money being the thing. You're giving up money. One, Kyrie is going to make seventeen million dollars this year, so he's not giving up that much money. Two, money isn't everything. These dudes are rich already. All right, they're not. They may not be rich in the way that, you know, guys, you know, in a, in a generational wealth type rich, that doesn't mean they can't get generationally wealthy. To be clear, Kevin Durant, who's made a ton of money in his basketball playing career, has made way more money off the court. I mean, every, every fucking three months, I read a story about Kevin Durant taking him and his team. He has, I forgot what his team is called. It's like an investment team. You know what I mean? That, that they, oh, they just, they just. Uh, took their money out of this and made X amount of percentage. They had a 200% return on this investment. And it's constantly happening for him. You know what I mean? Which was part of the reason why they said he wanted to go to Golden State, which I don't think, I think is bullshit, but I think that that was part of a, a good intention for him to do that because you could have done that anywhere in the world. Um, anyway, point being. So there's ways to get generationally wealthy off the court. Two, Money cannot, at times, and I know for a lot of people, this is hard to understand, especially from our position here where we're not rich, right? Where most of us aren't making six figures right now, where most of, no, none of us are millionaires. It can be hard to look in a situation and say money isn't everything from our position. But the truth is, is it isn't. You know what I mean? Like when money is the only thing you're chasing, happiness is the thing that's going to fly the fastest. So if that's all that matters to you, then sure, you can't understand what these people are saying. So the idea that Ben has no leverage because of money, if you took a step back, you know, it's funny because I always compare things to the dark night and the dark night rises because I, I seem to find more and more wisdom in those two movies every time I think about it or every time I'm thinking about life because there was a lot of things in there, you know, uh, being fearless in, in the dark night rises, the, the conversation of being fearless or being brave in order for Batman to get out of the pit. Um, a ton of really philosophical things. But in the second movie with Joker, right, that's part of the conversation he has with Alfred is, you know, Alfred is telling him about this situation in Burma where there's this guy who just keeps hijacking this jewel thief 
And when they went to look for him, they could, they, all they found was all of the jewels just sitting in the dirt, just, just tossed aside because that guy didn't care about money. He just cared about causing chaos. You know what I mean? And there are people like that. Money isn't everything. So when you look at Ben, not that Ben cares about causing chaos. When you look at Ben, he doesn't want to fucking play here. This is the thing. Everyone is going crazy about this. I've already given my anger to Ben. I've already given my frustration to him. There's nothing else to say. You know what I mean? There's nothing else to say. Where I stand on Ben is, Ben, I wish you would have given this the effort needed to be good that we could have depended on. You didn't give that effort. You're surprised that you're scared to shoot free throws. It's not surprising because you're not practicing it. You know what I mean? You're not practicing what you're supposed to. If you were actually putting that work in and it was actually second nature, and on top of that, it's not even just that, right? Because Yo, not everybody is built with the same mental capabilities and the same capacity. We need to stop acting like we're all on the same thing. We're not. We are not, man. We are not. So to act like what Giannis, to, to be clear, this is why I had the Giannis gasm at the end of the finals. Because to go 17 for 17 from the free throw line, there has been, there's never been more pressure on somebody's free throw shooting. The last time there was that much pressure was fucking Markel here. You know what I mean? Where every time he stepped to the line, it sounded like the air was sucked out of the fucking city of Philadelphia, waiting to see what was going to happen. Of course, there was way too much pressure on his free throw shooting. And Ben, there was a lot of pressure, but there was nothing like the pressure that was on Giannis. They were counting down. You know, and as I went through my own mental health kind of journey, I kind of thought like it really made you think about how mean spirited this shit can be being a fan. You know, because I think people kind of lose the humanity. Like, we're, we become fans of something, and we forget that these are, like, fucking people. You know, so you're kind of, like, not realizing that this countdown is, like, this huge mind fuck. So, so, so I say that to say that the strength it takes, the mental fortitude it takes for the entire world to be counting down your free throws and to go 17 for 17 in, in a fucking elimination game in the finals on the biggest stage is one of the wildest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. And it can't be fucking diminished. Ben will never be that. He's never going to be that. Ben has other issues. He has other mental health concerns. He has other familial issues. You know what I mean? Like this shit with his brother and his sister, his stepbrother and his sister is weird shit. Now his stepbrother is suing his sister because his sister didn't show up to court. To be clear, that doesn't even mean because people here, we, we think that. And I've talked about this with the justice system on other podcasts. When you talk about the justice system, if you're acquitted, doesn't mean that you're innocent. Being acquitted doesn't equal innocence, to be clear. It doesn't equal innocence. Really, to be acquitted in this country equals money and lawyers. That's it. Did you, did you have enough money to get the right lawyers to get you acquitted? Then you're going to make it because there's not one motherfucker on this planet that thinks OJ is fucking innocent. Nobody. But he was acquitted. So acquitted and innocence don't equal. Her not showing up to court is not a good look. However, her not showing up to court, if it was true, if the allegations were true that, that this guy had raped her when she was a child and abused her when she was younger, it kind of makes sense that she wouldn't show up to court to see him. Yeah, because she would be triggered and have a ton of other issues and she wouldn't want to see that dude. She wouldn't want to see him. You know what I mean? Because you go through these, through these, uh, uh, you know, kind of bipolar episodes where at one moment you're extremely, extremely motivated and you're like, no, I'm going to take him down. I'm going to show him. And then 
a moment later, that motivation is gone and you can't fucking handle your own anxiety. It doesn't mean that he's innocent. Maybe he is. I'm not saying he is or isn't. I'm just saying because people are so easy to be like, uh, his sister's just a crazy bitch. Maybe she is. I don't know. I have no clue. But I'm just saying it's not as simple as people want to make it. It's not black and white. There's gray everywhere you look. With Ben, Ben is a, a walking shade of gray, but not in the sexy, perverted way that the books were. He in a very dark and sad Jon Snow type of way uh, that he is. He is complicated. You know what I mean? People are complicated sometimes. The story that came out now, I mean, it doesn't help. This idea, again, I said this last week. Ben coming here for what? The idea that you want Ben, ben to come here for what? To improve his trade value? Why do you think he's going to do that? Why do you think he's going to do that? He's already paid. And let me explain something. They kicked him out of practice. And I, I heard this talked about on Ben Simmons' podcast yesterday. And I actually had, I want to give myself some credit, a little pat on my fucking back. Because I had thought about this on Tuesday when he got kicked out of practice. There is a real, real possibility here. This is, it's, a, it's, a, it's not a non-zero possibility. That Ben maybe does go see a therapist, which he, you know, that will be the miracle. Because he doesn't seem like he wants to. But if he did go see a therapist on the on the advice of his of his agent of Rich Paul, that they tell him this dude's having a mental fucking breakdown. He's having a nervous breakdown. He's in the midst of a nervous, nervous breakdown. You know what I mean? He isn't in a good place. And the thing is, it might not be a fucking lie. If it's a lie, I, I, I find it hard to believe that it'd be a lie because in this day and age to lie about some mental health shit, to get off of something, it's one thing to call into work sick, to call out sick when you're feeling good. It's another thing to call out of, to call out of work saying that you're depressed when you're not because that takes, that's like a different level of, of being unapathetic. You know what I mean? To essentially take that cross on that you don't, you haven't earned or deserve, deserve. There's scars that come with that, right? But if it's true, which it seems true, because based on the story that Ramona Shelburne said about him, you know, prior to game seven against the Hawks, he said that he had seen this masseuse. One of the masseuses in the team facility, to be clear, for those who don't know the story, one of the masseuses in the team facility through contract tracing, through contact tracing, may have had COVID. And obviously any players that are contact traced in those situations have to sit out until they give two, uh, I think it's two, uh, two negative tests back. So once the, everyone found out she had, she, she had been in the vicinity of someone who had COVID, Ben comes out and says, oh, I saw the masseuse. And essentially what came out one way or the other, well, this is true or is not, because there are people who said, well, he didn't really know. He didn't know the implications. He, you know, he said he had seen the masseuse because he either he believes he saw the masseuse because he, whatever, that he didn't think of the implications that he may not be able to play because he saw the masseuse. Supposedly, I find that hard to believe um, because all the other players in one way or the other, this tells you how much the players feel about him because all the other players were essentially like, I don't think he saw the masseuse. The fact that you would even levy the accusation that he's lying, that he saw the masseuse in order for him to sit out of game seven tells you that you're not close to this person. You know what I mean? You aren't close to this person. You may not very much like this person. In fact, you know what I mean? That tells you everything you need to know about that situation. And if it's true that he lied because he wanted to sit out of game seven because he had the yips, well, that is a fucking nervous breakdown, Ben. That is in the midst of a panic attack that is not so easy to just get through. You know what I mean? Listen, I'm not fucking here. I'm not caping for Ben. I'm not happy with what Ben is. I sports hate Ben. I'm angry. Sixers angry at Ben. 
But as a human being, I recognize when someone's having a, a bunch of mental health issues or a mental health collapse, these are young kids. You know what I mean? People forget that these dudes are young, young, young. They come into the NBA as kids, as 19-year-olds. When I was 19, I was de dealing with severe depression, selling drugs, doing shit that didn't really make any fucking sense. So don't tell me that these dudes are just some sort of fit of mental health or anything like that. The Giannis's, there are far less Giannis's, to be clear, than there are Ben Simmons. There are far more Ben Simmonses than there are Giannis's. That's without a question. And Ben isn't doing the work, as we know. He has a ton of other, a ton of confidence issues, whatever it is. There is a good chance Ben could all of a sudden say, yeah, I'm having this. His therapist says, yo, he can't fucking play. He's not injured, sure. He doesn't have a physical injury. He has a mental injury. And the NBA will have no choice but to pay him and to honor that. Because in this day and age, if you're going to act like your mental health doesn't fucking matter, one, just optics-wise, just optics-wise, whether you give a fuck about mental health or not, based on optics, the NBA would look awful. On two, I don't give a fuck if you don't believe in mental health. That just means that you're refusing to acknowledge the science that's sitting in front of you. If that's true, yeah, they're going to pay him, and none of this even fucking matters. And at this point, since he's gotten back, his value hasn't gone up one inch. It's dropped by meters, by meters. We'd be lucky if we could trade Ben for CJ McCollum right now. We'd be lucky if we could trade Ben for Kyrie Irving, who may not play another game in his life. We have no idea. We'd be lucky if we could even make those trades. We can't. And to be clear, according to, to, to Ramona Shelburne, Ben would actually welcome going to a bad team. So he would welcome going to the Kings. He would welcome going to the Timberwolves. He would welcome going to a team where there isn't a lot of expectations. There's not a lot of visibility. Going to the Nets would be the complete and total opposite of that. He'd be going there as a replacement of Kyrie Irving. That isn't going to work for him. Um, going to the Raptors would make sense. You know what I mean? Because anything they do from here on now is like, oh, shit, look at, you know, look at the Raptors. You know what I mean? They just got blown out yesterday. So, um, you know, I have a time. Yeah, I'm frustrated with Ben. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm a human being. I'm frustrated with him for sure. You know what I mean? I love this team um, and I'm frustrated with him. But as a human being, yeah, man, this dude's probably suffering from, from some shit. And I, I don't know it to be a fact. I don't know it to be true. But we fucked this up, to be clear. And I've been saying this now for the last three podcasts. Daryl Morey fucked this up. This is no one's fault but Daryl's. When you got the offer for Brogdon and Karis Levert, and the draft pick, you needed to have taken that. Because the problem is, we're discovering these things now, right? As more and more tidbits are coming out, Ramona Shelburne is a fucking thug at doing her job. As these people keep uncovering dirt, that fucking value keeps going down. The franchise knew all of this and still didn't trade him on some bullshit. And to be clear, Dame already just said, right? Dame said, no, he's committed. Not only did he say he's committed, to be clear, because a lot of guys say they're committed, they don't want to go anywhere, and it doesn't mean anything. He gave an interview where not only did he say he was committed, where he admitted to being frustrated and wanting to leave, but then he said he had this huge conversation with, with Chauncey Billups, a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with his current coach, where he just is in love with that man. He's not leaving the Blazers. And again, another thing. Even if he was leaving the Blazers, this is the thing that Philadelphia fans are not acknowledging. If he was leaving the Blazers, we are not the only suitor that would be there for Dame. And I can think of four, five, six other teams that would make far better offers for Dame than we could make. Why would you want Ben right now? 
why would you trade for Ben? We would be lucky to trade Ben for anything. Maybe we could trade Ben for Russ. But that, that doesn't make sense. We're going to end up trading Ben for John Wall is what's going to end up happening. For John Wall and something else. You know what I mean? That's probably what's going to happen because John Wall is kind of viewed as a sunken contract, as a, as a sunken cost. Ben is a sunken cost. Well, that's going to end up with that. That's going to be what happens. That's why Houston is involved. Houston is probably involved because they knew. Because they said, oh, yeah, we know all about Ben and his shit. You know what I mean? We got this John Wall guy for you. Boop, take him. And they're going to get Ben. They're trash team anyway. Ben's going to get all the opportunities he needs there to, 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 to take all the pressure off and to be as good as he can be. You know what I mean? And that's going to be the end of it. And that'll, honestly, again, like I said, at the, 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 the point I was making about am I crazy when I was talking to TJ is, to say that he doesn't have leverage, again, I said this on my last podcast, the leverage is Joel's window. That is his leverage. Every game you waste without having a suitable replacement for Ben is a wasted is wasted time on Joel. It's that window closing and closing and closing because Joel is obviously injury prone. Knock on wood, I hope he doesn't get injured. But again, yesterday, you're why he got injured yesterday. You know what I mean? He gets injured. He's a really big person who does things that people that size shouldn't be able to do. And that therefore creates a ton of pressure on all of his joints. His, the time limit for Joel to be great. He may have a five-year window where we have MVP level play, maybe a four-year window where we have four years of MVP level play from Joel. And if you waste this year, he has three years left. You can't be wasting those years. Otherwise you're taking yourself out of championship contention out of ego, pure, simple ego. That's all this is. That's all this is for Daryl Morey is ego. He doesn't want to lose a fucking trade. He'd rather sink the fucking team than lose a fucking trade. Even though you know all of this shit about Ben, then you if you knew this about Ben, then you knew that Malcolm Brogdon for Ben, there's no way we lost that trade. In the eyes of the public, we lost that trade. But if Ben goes there and is continuing to have this these issues and is devolving and all this is going down, then he's a sunken cause. There was no way you lost that trade. You knew this and you fucked it up anyway because of optics, because of fucking optics. That's all this is, is optics. It's optics. So yeah, man, Ben, I hope you find your peace. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to hate on you. I hope you find your peace. You've pissed me off enough. You see, because before I knew all about all of this stuff, my idea was this cocky son of a bitch you know what I mean? That was my thought process. He seemed cocky as fuck. He just didn't want to put the work in, just whatever. But now you're reading all this other shit and you're like, oh, I see. The cockiness is a facade. He has a facade on. But it's not real. This dude is is as, as uh, 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 has just whatever it is, his self-esteem is sunk. He doesn't have no belief in himself. He needs time to repair. I hope you find your peace, Ben. You pissed me off. There was better ways you could have handled this. That's the truth. There was better ways you could have handled this. And what, what really drives me crazy about Ben is not just Ben. This is what drives me crazy about uh, Cressy. You hear me with my Spanish accent. This is what drives me crazy. What drives me crazy about people in general is lack of self-awareness, lack of acknowledging your own shit. You know what I mean? You're going to sit here and point fingers at everybody. But again, he's younger. Some people don't ever reach that point where they realize that everything that they're every 
finger they every finger they're pointing is just a projection on their own insecurities. You know what I mean? People may never ever realize that fact. I'm here to help you realize that fact, maybe. But Ben, if you never listen, he's never going to realize that fact, and probably isn't even in the mind state where he can hear me say those words and it makes sense to him. So that's just what it is. You know what I mean? I hope he finds his peace. Uh, we'll see you on Friday against the Nets. Uh, well, I'll see you on Monday probably after that game. Well, we may have another game after that. We'll see. Um, that's it, everybody. I uh, hope to be making some changes soon. So, so stay tuned. Go listen to my music. Excited for the new season to, at the very least, connect with people and talk to people about a sport that I truly, truly love. Uh, basketball. It's my favorite sport. I love it when they dribble up and down the court. Um, and, yeah, uh, wash your hands. Uh, stay safe, get vaccinated, please get vaccinated, man. Just please do it. I mean, Oh my God, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't, I don't have another hour to give you on, on, on the misinformation campaigns that are going out there. Uh, if you're believing, if you're, if you got information off of Facebook, whether it told you to get vaccinated or not, rethink your priorities and get the fuck off of Facebook. Um, Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops until Breonna Taylor. Stop Asian hate. Uh, take care. Yo. Uh, 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 yo. Justice for the blind. Just something that'll find in the rhymes that are coming from my mind. Used to come in.